You're listening to the 1010 Podcast with Terry Johnson, daily devotion from Grace Point Church in Wichita, Kansas. All right, well, today is Wednesday, February 28th, and uh, like I've been saying, I just want to say thank you for joining me on this journey to Easter. It's uh, always fun. We've been hanging out and uh, been digging in. Uh, today, we are going to do what we've been doing. We're going to dig into some scripture. Uh, we're going to figure out how we can apply it to our lives, and then we're going to take a few moments to pray together. So if you are ready, uh, I am, we're going to jump right in. Today, we're still in John chapter 6. It's been a long but really, really good chapter. And so today we're going to be looking at verses 60 through 71. Now, if you remember yesterday, Jesus had just gotten done talking about um, how we could uh, experience the eternal life. And that's through uh, what we commonly know today as communion by partaking in the bread and the juice, uh, by uh, remembering his body broken and his blood spilt from us. And so he was talking what a lot of folks, what a lot of the Jews was thinking crazy talk. So we're going to pick up here in verse uh, 60 where it says this. Many among his disciples heard this and said, this is tough teaching, too tough to swallow. Jesus sensed that his disciples were having a hard time with this and said, does this rattle you completely? What would happen if you saw the son of man ascending to where he came from? The spirit can make life. Sheer muscle and willpower don't make anything happen. Every word I've spoken to you is spirit word, and so it is life-making. But some of you are resisting, refusing to have any part in this. See, Jesus knew from the start that some weren't going to risk themselves with him. He knew also who would betray him. And then he went on to say this, This is why I told you earlier that no one is capable of coming to me on his own. You get to me only as a gift from the Father. After this, many of his disciples left. They no longer wanted to be associated with him. Then Jesus gave the twelve their chance. Do you also want to leave? Peter replied, Master, to whom would we go? You have the words of real life, eternal life. We've already committed ourselves, confident that you are the Holy One of God. Jesus responded, Haven't I handpicked you, the twelve? Still one of you is a devil. He was referring to Judas, son of Simon Iscariot. This man, one from the twelve, was even then getting ready to betray him. Yeah, I'll tell you, I, if I were to have someone tell me uh, the same things that Jesus have told his disciples, it would be tough teaching for me. But like Peter, I think I uh, would have already been bought in. At least I hope I would. Um, and so how do we apply this to our lives? Now, uh, I've been a Christian for a while. And while I've gone through um, different seasons of um, uh, different stages in my journey, to kind of get where I am now, I have really settled in on the fact that Jesus walked this earth. And while I know he is more than just a teacher or a rabbi, uh, his teachings are what really influence me in my life today. I've gone through a lot of seasons where it would have just really been very, really easy to just turn away and to give up uh, on church just altogether. 
There is a lot about church that I have kind of given up on, but I believe I will always remain faithful to the teachings of Jesus. See, I've known a lot of people over the past 24 years of ministry who have professed faith in Jesus, who seem to follow him uh, for some time, but then they just completely fall away. See, what I find is that many times the cause for um, leaving church or or, or faith is um, kind of like moral fa- failure. In other cases, it may be due to uh, like unresolved doubts or unanswered hard questions about the Bible, such as how do you resolve uh, uh, the seemingly contradictions that are in the Bible or how can you reconcile the creation account among uh, modern science or how can a loving and powerful God permit all the evil that goes on in the world? Why do bad things happen to good people? Why do why is there sickness? All those, all those things. Again, I admit that I have experienced difficult times and my faith has been challenged by some of these questions as well. But the Jews here in John 6 had just eaten the miraculous bread and fish. And as a result, they sought out Jesus after he returned to Capernaum. But we now know that they sought him out for all the wrong reasons. They wanted a political king who would provide freedom from Rome's control and occupation, uh, provide peace and prosperity to the Jews. But what they got and what they got hung up over was Jesus' claim that he was the bread of life that came down out of heaven. See, their view of the Messiah was that he would conquer Israel's enemies and usher in an age of peace and prosperity, not that uh, he would die. See, when we begin to follow Christ, most of us have many wrong expectations and um, uh, preconceived ideas about him and this Christian life. I definitely know that I did. Uh, Some of those ideas come from our cultural or uh, religious backgrounds. Uh, Some may come from the, uh, quote, pitch we heard for the gospel. Uh, Come to Jesus and he'll give you peace, joy, and an abundant life. Now, while that statement is true, it may not be true in the sense that we really envisioned. See, too often I find myself um, uh, expecting God to, to fulfill my expectations, the ones I made up, I conjured up based on my political or my own social ideals rather than just really placing my faith in God and then adjusting my expectations to his will. Now, there was this line in the passage that uh, we read that said, many of of his disciples who heard this said, this message is tough. It's hard to swallow. Who can hear it? See, the message they're referring to at the beginning of this passage is the one that Jesus had laid on them in the previous verses. Jesus had just said that he is the bread of life, that all who eat and drink from him will live because of it. So the disciples are right. It is a hard, harsh message. It's pretty extreme. You know, Christ is saying, take my body and eat it. Take my blood and drink it. So yeah, it's kind of weird. You know, in the years of the early church, uh, after Christ had died and then ascended, uh, so non-Christians would hear this language kind of repeated by Christ followers, and even they even thought that they were all cannibals. I mean, I can see how they got from like point A to point B, how they got there. 
right? But what Christ is saying is not cannibalism. It's symbolism-ish. The reason I say ish is because while it's symbolism, it's also something more than symbolism. If you find yourself thinking to to yourself, Terry, what in the world are you talking about? Uh, Let me explain. So these passages in John are where we get a lot of our language around communion. Communion is when we encounter Christ and God's grace through um, the elements of the bread and of the cup. These things become this outward and visible sign of an inward and invisible grace, kind of like baptism. Jesus hints at it being a way of receiving that grace by saying the spirit is the one who gives life and then the flesh doesn't help at all. The words I've spoken to you are spirit and life. That's what Jesus says. That's also funny because in the previous verses, the disciples were grumbling. And right after where we jump in in verse 61, they're still grumbling. So Jesus gets kind of heated. He gets angry. He says, does this offend you? Then he goes on to say the words that he speaks are spirit and life. Now that's controversy. Jesus suggested that if we learn and follow him, we will be giving, given the words of eternal life. That's why people were in disagreement. Who is this guy who says he can save us? Who does he think he is? Well, Jesus of Nazareth, God with us, son of the Virgin Mary, God incarnate, God's holy one. That's who that is. Now, to their credit, though, the remaining 12, they knew. Jesus turns to them after this controversial message and just asks them point blank. Do you also want to leave? And then Peter says, Lord, where would we go? You have the words to eternal life. We want to be with you. We believe and know that you are God's holy one. They knew who Christ was. They knew the transformation that could happen through Christ in this world and in their lives. So as we wrap up today, I think we can ask the same question that Peter asked. Without Christ, where would we go? Where would you be without the bread or the cup? See, our walk with Christ is a journey. One we constantly are invited to take part in. We are constantly being invited to interact with the spirit and life. We encounter Christ again and again in the ordinary. And that's where it becomes extraordinary. Well, as we close out today, let's just spend a few uh, moments here in prayer. God, as we take this journey into Easter, um, we know that we have an opportunity to see the extraordinary happen in our ordinary lives. So God, I pray that that's what happens today, that we begin to see you and see how you revealed yourself to us. Uh, in our life every day. God, that we would be able to experience you, that we'd be able to hear your voice in the ordinary. Jesus, uh, today we ask that you give us our daily bread, uh, bread that will give us eternal life. We love you, Father. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Once again, thanks for hanging out today uh, as we continue on uh, 
this journey together. Thanks so much for uh, just being willing to dig in with me. I hope, as always, that you are learning, that you're growing in your faith, and that you are experiencing life and life to the full. 